This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. This is the Golden Eagles podcast, hosted by Manly media manager Wayne Cousins, along with Sea Eagles Premiership winner and chairman of the Golden Eagles Association, Mark Bryant. Each week, Cuzzo and Boxy will be joined by a different Sea Eagles legend to relive some great moments from our proud history and to find out what each of the guys are up to now. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the mighty Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Now over to Cuzzo and Boxy with this week's special guest. And welcome to another episode of the Golden Eagles podcast. Boxy, we're back. Back again. They keep getting us back. We must be doing something right, man. Well, most first of all, we must thank all our listeners. Uh, over 7,000 downloads now uh, of the Golden Eagles podcast. I really do feel it's the quality of the guests that we have on, <laughs> including <laughs> our next guest. Because I just cut you off there. Did you want to introduce? No, I'm going to let you introduce him, but I'm just going to give our listeners a clue. Cult hero, one of the most beautiful souls in rugby league ever. Oh, absolutely. Jeez. Yep. Seagull number 509, gorgeous George Rose, premiership winner, 2011, all-round nice guy and a member of the FRC. That's the Front Rowers Club, ladies and gentlemen. Gorgeous George. club too. Great uh, club to be Hello, club. George. Yeah, very exclusive. How are you, gorgeous? You're looking mate, very mate, well. I'm fantastic. I'm pretty stoked to be here. I can understand why you've got 7,000 listeners, the dulcet tones. It's, yeah. Mate, I've got uh, goosebumps listening to you. I thought, I thought my <laughs> voice sounded good, but... Mate, your voice has got that Richard Mercer about it yeah, already, I can tell. A little bit of the love god. Love god. Very smooth. Mm, yeah. Very smooth. Mm. Sexual chocolate. There would have been a few love gods <laughs> when you two were playing, that's for sure, in your career. But we're going to get to you two very Matt, shortly. Matt Ballon thought he's a love god, you know, mm. sexiest man in the league, 2009. Still All show, no go. I, I know. Yeah, yeah. When I found out that he actually had his abdominals painted on in a photo shoot, I actually, that's it. I lost all respect for him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Matty. Did that actually happen, though? It did. No shit. Yep. Yeah, right. Um, he, I, I, we were talking about it. He came up and he's got this, you know, he's got the makeup on and he's got the rig, which was just immaculate anyway. And I said, oh, geez, the abs are looking good there, mate. Like what? He goes, oh, yeah, they put the shadow here, there, and they're very nice. I went, <gasps> you're kidding me. He said, no, no, no. I said, all right, that's it. No, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I, I think they actually tried to do that with me once. I was doing this photo <laughs> shoot with Snake, and they started putting it on, and, and I, I guess that they realized that no matter how much shading they did, it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> we ended up covered in mud. So so there's actually a photo out there, me and Snake, in the, in the mud. But yeah. That was because I tried to paint abs on it. Didn't work. <laughs> well, there we go. They're well, overrated, mate. They're overrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to go through uh, George's great career. We're going to have a lot of fun talking to George. Now, George, uh, let's talk about growing up. You're a Bathurst boy. Tell us about a young George Rose. Young George Rose, yeah. So I, I moved to Bathurst at the age of 11. Started playing there as a penguin. Yeah, Bathurst Penguin. We're a pretty good side too. Won a few comps. I don't think we lost one up to a, up to about under 15s. Under what 16s. position were you? Ah, uh, front row. Yeah, front row. Always yeah. a front row. Yeah, I do, yeah. They tried me out in a couple of other positions. Only when I'd play upper grade. When I play upper grade, they'd chuck me in the back row or lock. Had a game in the centres there. A couple of games in the centres. But when I played in my age, it was just not nah, giving the eight or the ten. Yeah. <laughs> Fair Not fair. Mate, Not fair. Some, some of us were just built for the front row and that was it. Um, <laughs> I gave up soccer because the kids kept running around me. I was too big. Uh, and then, yeah, played every, bar one game, I think it was, I played in the centres for half the game and then ended up, yeah, pushing back into the front row. So it's where the action happens, where you yeah. want to be. Well, now you went to Kelso High and yeah. a bit of research here, Georgie. You were an exceptional student and you actually scored the top mark in a statewide maths competition. <laughs> 
Mate, what, le- what, what's going on there? Unless Georgie's been updating his own Wikipedia, <laughs> which could be the case. Is that true, George? No, it, it is actually true. I, I was a mass nerd. That's that's true. I was I was pretty trigonometry. Heavy. I was a heavy mass nerd up until I left high school to come down here and play footy. My my goal was always to go into uni and and do that stuff. But when I got a crack at footy, came down here and and started going all right with it. And I'm sort of glad I did because yeah, I don't think I would have lasted too long. Mm. Well, uh, we'll, we'll talk about your uni days well, because you're at uni. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. But looking back at your career, you started off the Sydney Roosters, six games, 2004 to 2005. You made your NRL debut for the Roosters in Newcastle mm. against the Knights. Coach Ricky Stewart, Captain Brad Fittler, what do you recall? Oh, I remember I was I was pretty, um, pretty starstruck being out on the field. I never thought I'd actually play first grade. So to be out on the field with them blokes, it was like you're watching the TV and someone sort of chucked you in the middle of it. So it was a bit weird, even getting tackled by, you know, I think it was, who was the front, who was a big tall front row back then? Matt, was it Matt Parsons? Matt Parsons. Matt Parsons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember um, the first run I had, he he tackled me and he, he was about seven foot two. And just to, um just to be out there, it was pretty surreal. I think I had about 56, 56 of my family came down for it. So they had a little stand over in the northeastern corner for them and they pretty much filled the stand and good turnout for, for everyone to be there. I remember the biggest hit that I put on in the game was on the, the opposition trainer before I ran on the field. So I was standing, <laughs> standing on the sideline waiting, ready to go on and their trainer would come bolting down to pass on a message or something and he's running into me, landed flat on his back and um, <laughs> that was my that was the only hit I put on all game too. Yeah. That trainer that probably trainer says, What's the whole of your career being hit by George Rose? Absolutely. Keep <laughs> to his kids say George Rose he's a hard player. Yeah, he probably he, he probably had a concussion <laughs> after hitting big Georgie. Now, uh, after the Roosters, you came to the good side, you found God's country here at Manly Seagulls. Now, two thousand six your club debut. Manly versus Bulldogs, coach Des Hasler, captain Ben Kennedy, and on the bench with you was Mark Boxy Bryant. Remember that one, boys? A couple of good sorts on the yes. bench. Hey? Yeah. Gorgeous and boxy together. Yes. A few kilos on the bench there, I reckon. <laughs> Did the bench do <laughs> We, we had, had to, to go sit either end. Opposite ends. The book ends. seesaw of the park. It was a good time. Do you remember that together? Like, you remember that? I remember that era. I don't remember that specific game. I remember yeah. remember that era though. Like it was, um, you know, for me coming into that, there were some really solid, mm. established front rowers to sort of learn from. So I, I thought I was pretty lucky to come into a squad with guys like Boxy and the rest of them. What tempted you to the Seagulls? What was the reason to bring you over here? Like, how did it all come about? Well, I think the reason I came was because when I spoke to Des, Des said that he had a spot for me there that I'd get a crack, pretty much. And where I was at at the Roosters, they, they had plenty of cash. They had plenty of cash there that was um the that was hard to walk away from. <laughs> the sombrero. <laughs> um, but there was no guarantee to play first grade regularly. There was... um. I mean, they had an international forward pack. And I mean, even in the reserve grade side at the time, there was um, myself, David Shillington, Ben Hennant, Anthony Tupo, who all went on to, to mm. play a couple hundred first grade games themselves. So, And we all went elsewhere to do it. But yeah, I, I'm glad I made the choice to come to Manly because at that time the Roosters went down and Manly were, were heading up and we had a really solid decade of really good footy when I came across. It's just, uh, it's amazing how... Coincidental, I don't, I don't know. I yeah, yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, <clears throat> you know if I could, yeah, the sign a couple of... 
What, what's your first memories of, uh, of this well, man? See, Georgie and I had played a lot of reserve grade together, or against each other, sorry, not together. So when he was at Penrith to start with, was where I first saw him. I always just thought, geez, he's a big bastard. Um, and, he, <laughs> and he could run and he could step and, you know, um, and he was young. He was, he was young and, and, you know, big raps on him and stuff. And we played some cracking games, actually. Uh, and then he went mm. to, to the Chooks and got to play a, a mm. few more against him. And then, yeah, it was good to have him when he came over. So as you said, as you put it correctly, God's country. God's country, oh, yeah. Yes. And what was your first reaction? Obviously, you know, the boy from Bathurst, you've been here in Sydney for a little while, Penrith and then the Roosters, and then you come over here and start seeing the beaches and, yeah, oh, and the beautiful. lifestyle. And where, where were you based? Where well, were you living? You know What's... what I really liked about it is that the beaches are sort of like a big country town anyway. Mm. I think once you're here, you're sort of here. Mm. Um, so it was like a big country town on the beach, beautiful. You know, we trained at Narrabeen where it's... Um, you know, you're, you're surrounded by bushland. It literally is like you're in the middle of the bush, but, mm. you you know, you've got the beach and the city right there. So I was very much at home. Where they base you at, mate? Where were you living? Were you, did you um, remember I, your I rent, ended up at Brookvale. Rooms? I ended Brookvale? up at Brookvale, yeah. Any yeah. plays you shared with or you were just no, a gay place? No, no. I, 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 Refuse to share with people. I know. I know how all these fellas live. Yeah. So, so I, I refuse to share with people. I, I'm, I'm a clean. I, I like a clean house and a. Yeah. There's probably a story later on because I think after <laughs> I left, I used to room with Anthony Watmo on away trips because I was yeah. the most patient and out with him. I think Georgie got lumped with that uh, after after I left. Didn't it? Right. That's true. It is true, <laughs> um, mate. That's that's uh it's a special time being away in a room sharing with chalk. Let me tell you. All right. Well, now uh, round eleven, uh, we're moving forward. Round eleven, uh, Georgie, two thousand seven. Unfortunately, against the storm, you break your leg in the second half and you miss the rest of the season, including mm. the grand final appearance. Uh, obviously, injuries are part of the game, but. At the time, you think, okay, well, it's only round eleven. Maybe I might get back, and then obviously just racing the clock. Oh nah, nah. When it when it happened, or oh, were you um, just gone? Yeah, you just I, was, sure I was. I, gone. was, I remember the time when I, I got up to play the ball when it happened. Like I'd thought I'd rolled my ankle in mm. the in the tackle, and I'd I, I went to get up and I was trying to put my foot on the ground, and it wasn't happening. And I I looked back, and my foot was pointed back towards the the opposite end, so it was twisted Ooh. around and. I was, and yeah. it didn't feel quite right. And then I think Monas was was tapping me on the ass. He's saying, "Come on, come on, mate, get up, get a, get a <laughs> See, quick one." Monas was sitting behind him, uh, going, "Play the basket." I was sitting right next to him as well because I was going to take the next round. I was going, "Play it, Georgie." Anyway, then we both sort of looked down at the same time Georgie and shot. saw his foot back the other way and went. Stretcher. Yeah. Stretcher. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate, it was, yeah, I've never seen anything like it on a footy one field. Of the worst and ones. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and far out. It was one of those things that after the game we'll talk about, we thought far out. Like, that's a real serious injury. Though. That's yeah. going to take a lot to get to, you know, full fitness and, and get back to, you know. How long did it take you? Well, I think it ended up nearly 18 months yeah, I was gonna say, before yeah. before I got back into it. I, I had a bit of a trot around at the end of 08 and then 09 is when I was back into it. World Club Challenge. Good trip. Good, really trip. good trip. I was going to touch on that. Yeah, that's when you broke back into the team. Uh, yeah. Look, Boxy's eyes light up straight away. Good yeah. trip. World Club Challenge. You got something to share, <laughs> No, Boxy? because I, cause I was over there. Like I, I'd signed <laughs> to go over and play in the Super League after 2008 Grand Final. So we went up and stayed with Beeve up in Leeds because yep. we were down in, in, in Wales, in South Wales. Anyway, and yeah, we went out there to Elland Road and um, caught up the boys for a, for a few beers. Just, you know, didn't get to play, but it was, it was a good game. It was a good game. Matt Ballon got in a fight that game. So that was, yeah. remember that? Remember that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And he started it. He, yeah. he started swinging. <laughs> Well, he just put his chin to the chest and just started going. I said, after the game, I was like, MB, what are you doing? He just goes, oh, he wanted to go, you know, oh, well, I wasn't going to take a backward step. See these nice guys, you got to look out for them. Yeah. Uh, well, that that, uh, that start of that year, that World Club Challenge was a perfect year for George because he, he goes on and gets named the Sea Eagles Player of the Year. That must have just been yeah. a great honour when you look back on it now. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think because that, that 18 months was a really tough time. I remember I'd stopped training for a period and I was working up at a school here up in Lambie Heights, up at the Beach Road School. I was just trying to get back on top of things. I, I've got to credit Donnie Singe a lot to uh, me getting back on the field. You know, he's a he's a hell of a trainer and a, a, a hell of a motivator. And so to get back on the field, mate, it was exciting. I, I, I'd really missed not playing. And, and I think the, the pain of watching the 07 grand final, that one hurt more than the 08 one because mm. in 07, I, I remember the, the storm, they, they, were, they were a bit, bit dirty. They were, I, I still remember the crocker tackle on, on Snake mm. and I thought, Geez, if I was out there, I would have put one on that dog's chin at the time. Um, but but you know, it was so it was hard to watch, knowing that I'd been a part of that lead up, and then um, and then to see us not get the win, and then 08 came around, and we you know mm. won. So everyone's celebrating, no matter what. Yeah. That's that's a win for the club. And then yeah, 09, I just wanted to be back on the field. I want to be around the boys. I wanted to be part of it, and and I really enjoyed my footy that year. I think um, you know we had a had a good crew of people at the club, and and I just really enjoyed playing and, and getting amongst it again. It goes to show when you've got a good bunch of people mm. around you, a good bunch of mates, you know, and yeah, you do, you play your absolute best footy. And mate, for me, getting player of the year, that's a massive honour, especially yeah. in the company that you hold when you played in, in that era too, you know, like you got the Stuart boys, you got Chalk, you know. I was going to say there were some fair few mate, names a fair there. few names yeah. in there, you know, and so that, that that's awesome, you know, and to come back, as I said before, like, when you saw Georgie's ankle break yeah. and when you're standing right there, holy shit, it was, it was pretty mm. scary. So that, he'd credit to himself for, for getting back and, you know, kicking on. It was awesome. Well, one of the good things at the end of 2009, you actually got a chance to go to P&G and play in the uh, Provinces 13. Yeah, yeah. What a great experience that is, isn't it, over there? Oh, man, it was unreal. It was unreal to be a part of that. I can't believe how much they love footy over there. Mm. The crowds, they were just nuts, yeah. you know, were... I don't think I'll ever experience rugby league like that again. And to be a part of that kangaroo squad was a was an eye opener for me too. Especially, um, I remember the first training session we turned up to. They did a warm up. Of, I think they did two four and fives for a warm up. And, and as you know, like, I'm I'm a power athlete, mate. <laughs> I'm, I'm short, He's sharp, high octane you know? burner. That's that's what I'm about, and and so when they're like, oh yeah, we'll just do a couple of four and fives for a warm up, I'm like, what the heck? Do you, what, who do you think I am? And there was like all the fit blokes are out in front killing it, and I'm here trotting along at the back, and they're thinking, yeah, no, we'll send him the PNG, and then we'll, we'll cut him loose. <laughs> well, it's a great experience. I've I've fortunately been over there twice with the PN 13s team, and unbelievable. But we've just heard the uh, halftime siren here, Boxy. So what we're going to do? We're going to take a, a quick break here from our sponsor. We'll be back very shortly with the great, gorgeous George. Ray. The Golden Eagles podcast is proudly presented by Wormald, a classic sponsor of the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Wormald is a leading provider of fire protection solutions, helping to protect Australian people and property for over 130 years. Wormald's expertise spans the design, manufacture, installation and service of fire safety products and equipment backed up with a comprehensive range of fire services from engineering advice to fire safety training. You can rely on Wormald to help protect you. Visit wormald.com.au. And welcome back to our chat with the great George Rose, gorgeous George Rose. And now, uh, Georgie, we talked about the first early years of the year. Now, 2011, the grand final win, the mm. great year. Now, obviously, you played from the bench. Bit of an incident in the 29th minute. I remember mm. when we did the uh, great four points chat with you and the great uh, Snake Brett Stewart. And for the first 25 minutes, they kept saying, "Where's, where's George?" And they must have shaved four or five clips of George on the bike. Yeah, Mate, that was the best warm up I've ever seen. I racked up some K's. I'm telling you now, I, I spent <laughs> a lot of George. time on the bike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a great cyclist now. Oh, Tour de France, yeah. Mate, 
He's Mate, when you do, you like that's the thing. You, you come out, you do the warm up, you're pumped up to run out, and and if you you know if you're coming off the interchange bench, sort of sit down for a bit, then you got to go for a run. And yep. I used to spend a lot of time on the bike as well. And even yeah. even when you come off for the change, you don't want to get tired, or you don't want to get you don't get cold because as soon as you go back out there, it's going to be a thousand miles an hour in the middle. So. Yep. Well, take us through that, George. Now, when we did the uh, the show, we talked all about it, and it was great to experience that with you. But uh, when you look back on it now, the 2011 Grand Final, the best memories? Oh, yeah, it was unreal. Like, for me, it was, um, you know, 2008 was awesome that, you know, my team, my club, my teammates, you know, were out there to win that. But to be a part of it and contribute towards the victory, that was a big difference, I think, 2011. So, for me, I was, I was absolutely stoked about that, being a part of it. And it did feel like that culmination of, you know, the previous seven years of, of hard work that mm. we we'd put in to get to that point. And the celebrations, obviously, back here at Manly Lees Club. Oh. A great night, a great week. Yeah, yeah. It was it was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot different to finishing a season, um, you know, without the victory. I, I think I celebrated for at least three months, even when, um, you know, we celebrated here a lot, but then anywhere I'd go, I, I wore the ring everywhere mm. um, for, the, for the next few months. But everywhere you went, people wanted to have a beer with you and people wanted to celebrate with you. So pretty much everyone that I'd known in my life, it was a grand final win for them too so we celebrated like it was a grand final yeah. win all over again absolutely funny story so i was at my what third year in the super league by then and we came back and anyway watching watching the game didn't go out there and i texted a couple of boys and said yeah yeah i'll, I'll come over after the game because i knew they'd be back at the leaguesy anyway they won of course um i did have some money on gifty for um clive <laughs> churchill, churchill. and i showed him the bet slip on the bus as well and all above board that's all fine and then someone had i think they had i think it was my little brother because i had both my brothers down we had nearly 13 plus anyway robo with that kick and sam the little brother's just going oh no no i said no robo used to be a goal kicker don't worry you're good <laughs> anyway slotted over but anyway so we get long story short we get back to the to the lease club and i thought i'll just sort of sneak in anyway the lease club was exactly like it was 2008. People everywhere. It was so good. I just got ushered through the crowd by Manly fans. Fuck, you know, how you going? Welcome. And basically, we got the wooden spoon in the Super League that year. Um, so coming from a terrible time and went from that to come back here to celebrating with the NRL premiers because <laughs> Jason King, I said, all right, King, I'll meet you back there. We're going out to Miramir Gardens. Um, yeah, we used to go and have the, the celebrations. And, and King goes, no, nah, you're coming on the bus with us. And I, thought, I, felt, I said, no, 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 I can't, I can't, no. Nah. They all grabbed me, dragged me out of there. Didn't even have a manly polo shirt on, but <laughs> cracking stubbies up the back of the bus, showed Gifty the ticket. <laughs> I just, hey, my shout, boys, I just picked up a win. Yeah. Anyway, it was, um, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal win, phenomenal game, and, you know, a great bunch of blokes yet well, again. When you look at that forward pack, George, Joe Nellivau, obviously Matty Ballon, Frank Kite, Chock, T-Rex, Glenn Stewart, Interchange, Shane Rodney, Jamie Bureau, yourself, and Vic Morrow, so... Pretty handy forwards, weren't they? Yeah, really good squad. And a few of the guys that were really lucky pickups, I thought, for the club. Like I thought Joe Nullivar was a great pickup mm. for the club when he came. Like he was just he was just a senior mature bloke that sort of great took bloke. everyone mm. under his wing and made his performances on the field. He always delivered every week. And Shane Rodney. The Rocket. The Rocket. He was just he's probably one of the most talented players, most skillful talented players who he's so unassuming though, mm. too. He's so yep. unassuming. You look at him and you think he doesn't really even look like a footballer, but no. he can kick goals from anywhere. He can offload. He can run. He Hit can tackle, a line. Can, you know, oh, oh, mate, he's oh, brilliant. He is. He, he came. I never got to play with Rocket in Manly colours, but he was at London Broncos in the last couple of years there. And he and I got on the castle, and he's really smart. You know, he'd know. He'd be watching his man, and I'd be mouthing off to some pommy in the scrum <laughs> or something. Anyway, and Rocket goes, hey. 
do that again and hit me a short ball. You know, Rocket would be there every time. Bang. Mate, he was, yeah, he was outstanding. Oh, yeah. Rocket. He was too smart for him. Yeah. Mate, tell us uh, the fun around chockbot mode, T-Rex. It was some good times oh, there. Great times. I, I, it was a really good crew. And, and I think during that period as well, we... <laughs> oh, no, I won't say. No, do it. Go. How controversial are we going to go here, Georgie? He's just got to think of what well, I'll take over why he thinks of another story in case that one is too bad. But no, do it. We'll be right. We can no, cut it down later. I did. I really enjoyed it. Boxy touched on it before. Chock was my roommate. And surprisingly enough, it really suited me because I'm a late night type guy. T-Rex is also a late night type guy. And um, Chock would be up all hours of the night with a TV going. We, you know, at, at like two o'clock, he'd go and get a kebab. Just for the sake of it. That's not even on the on the piece yeah. or nothing like that. Yeah. That's just not before a game. He'd be like, oh, I'm going to get a kebab. And he'd walk in and he'd come back and he's brought you a kebab and he's he's got some chips there as well or he's ordered a club sandwich and he does it for everyone else. <laughs> the club Donny, sandwiches. Donnie would kill me if he, if he knew oh, yeah. that I'm doing this. We, we went through a stage, Chuck and I, we were ordering the club sandwiches. So he, whichever hotel we went to, you go, all right, let's go back up the room. After dinner, we just gorged ourselves, sitting back. Want to get a club sandwich? Yeah, why not? But he would, he would. He's, Plus, he loved the old caffeine drinks too, didn't he? The energy drinks. Oh yeah, loved them. Like, loved them. he's the only bloke I've seen come off the field and have a caffeine drink. Yeah. I couldn't stomach him. Yeah. Um, big chock. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Could. But freak, freak of an athlete and oh, yeah. and really good guy. Like the, like I said, those actions. He's a selfless, selfless type dude, and he's like that on the footy field oh, too. We right. had a yep. we had a pretty good relationship there. He was a, he was a machine yeah. on the field. Chuck just could go and go and put himself through. Like Gifty as well. You wouldn't even know that they were tired because they just keep going all day. Mm. And you think they're your back rowers for that massively successful era that we had. Unbelievable players. Well, when we talk about the forwards, obviously uh, they do all the hard work, as you know, you guys, being the front rowers here today. But uh, the back line uh, must have been nice just seeing the likes of Snake taking off. Obviously, the great Michael Robinson, uh, captain, of course, was Jamie Lyon, the hard hitting Steve Maddai, uh, young William Hopawati, and the halves, Foz and Daly Cherry Evans. When oh. you look at those names, Certainly a lot of uh, skillful players, to say the least. Unreal team, unreal. Like, you know, we, we wrapped our forward pack, but when you've got guys like that who are finishing it off, you know, it's good. You, you don't need to swear about them not, you know, finishing off your hard work. You're taking all the hit-ups, you're doing the doing the tackles, and they put on the pretty stuff and mm. finish it all off and bring home the glory for us. Absolutely. But just be good, whilst we're on, it, on that back line, just be good to see Foz back in the... Jersey. I know he's been injured, but geez, it'd be a, geez, it'd be a nice story. That's you my never know, as they say. Now, uh, obviously, that 2011, you touched on before, the grand final, uh, the Clive Churchill medal went to Glenn Stewart and uh, well-deserved. And mm. uh, yeah, of course, uh, that was not long after the um, incident with Brett. And I think Glenn maybe had a few words to a certain official on stage. I think he might have. They were probably just to Snake. I remember when all that when all that stuff happened. You know, I texted him at the, at the start of it, and you know, and the bad thing about it is, you know, it's it's it was out there. Yeah. You know, it was all proven to be absolutely no case to answer for mm. and all that sort of thing. But it's still, you know, what it did, the amount of money that cost him, um, the the sponsorships and stuff yeah. that it cost him, but also the personal toll on he and his family. You know, I think Gifty was well within his rights to yeah. have a couple of choice words. Georgie, Definitely. being the uh, boy from the bush, obviously in Bathurst, you and Jamie Lyon, I could just imagine you two knowing Jamie, and I was fortunate enough to work with him the last couple of years of his career. Just so laid back, isn't he? So you and yeah. you and Killer would have just gone on like a house on fire, I imagine. I actually played against Killer for uh, through junior league. I lived in Narrabri before I moved yep. to Bathurst. I used to dominate him. I used to dominate him, <laughs> and, and it hurts him. It hurts him to admit it that um that he used to be scared. He used to be scared, and I treated him like a speed hump for under nines, <laughs> under tens, and um and yeah, it hurt him. But I remember when I saw I sad saw that he'd made grade at like the age of eighteen. I was still in high school, you know. 
bucketer type, my shoelaces, and, and he was playing for, for New South Wales and Australia. He was a hell of a player. And to get here and have him come to the club, it was um, it was good. I thought that he was he was a, a real breath of fresh air for the club. And he's just always so smooth. Like, yep. I, I think he, he created so many careers for people outside of him. Mm. He could... So calm. In, in the, so in the clutch times, yeah. clutch times in a game, you know, Killer would get the ball. And again, he, he could do anything on a mm. footy field. And not only the attack defensively is such a great defensive center, but you never, he just never, nothing phased him. He's no. always casual. Um, and you know, I mean, he's still got his first dollar as well. Just oh, quietly, we'll, we'll bring tight. that up. He very is, tight. mate, he, the Aussie Harker, you know, tapping back in front. Oh, I forgot my wallet, boys, you know. Um, but yeah, great bloke. And yeah. as you said, you know, when you're playing outside him, and even he and Gifty, that combination when he was playing six in 2008, that was unbelievable. You know, yeah. he could run, he could kick. Gifty could do that as well. But yeah, mate, what a, what a, but he's still playing, still killing it up there um, in Ballina yeah. as well, apparently. Yeah, no, yeah. I, th- I thought he'd end up back on the field. He'll, he'll be playing till he's 50, until someone tackles him. Finally, tackles him. He's yeah. in the dinner suit yeah. for sure. <laughs> he's getting matches. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, he's definitely there. Definitely. Well, after uh, two more years at the Seagulls, uh, you leave the club to head down to Melbourne and join mm. the Storm. Uh, tell us how all that came about. Yeah, look, that's an interesting one. I, you know, like when you, when you break up with a girl and, you know, to get back at her, you try and go and hook up with one of the girls that she absolutely <laughs> hated. Um, yeah, it was, it was kind of like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Melbourne's the hated club and, yeah. and um, Manly broke up with me. Yeah. It broke my heart. And so I thought, I'll, I'll get you back. I'll go and hook up with that chick that you hate, yeah. the and, Storm. And ironically, <laughs> no. the first, your, your debut for Melbourne Round was against one. Manly. Yeah. How was that feeling? That was weird. That would have that been was weird. weird. Yeah. It was just the whole year at Melbourne was weird. Like I'd, I'd literally hated these blokes for, what, no less than eight years. Like yep. I'd, I'd hated them yep. passionately. Like I literally, there, there's guys in that team that I I thought if I had have seen them in the street, I'd punch them in the face because <laughs> I, I just hated them that much. And I got down there and they were actually, they were decent blokes and mm. it was, it was pretty, pretty hard to stomach. Oh, shit you, doesn't it? Oh. Do you know, uh, you said before about Mick Crocker, I've had a beer yeah. of Crock. Great bloke. Great I was like, bloke. oh, geez, that hurts me because yeah. I used to hate him. And, and it was that same rivalry and stuff. It's like, yeah. oh, you bastard. You're yeah. a good bloke. That sucks. But yeah. It's that white line fever, isn't it? Once you cross that line, it's 80 minutes of hard, intense rugby Absolutely. league. But then afterwards, you can still hate him. But then, like you said, you, you go to Melbourne and all of a sudden, you find out these blokes aren't bad. Mate, mm. they, were, they were really good to me. Eh? Like the, the guys down there, they were really good. And, mm. and even just to see how they operate. So we had this rivalry with Melbourne for, for so long. And um, to see that, like knowing how our club was, we were we were a pretty chilled out club. Like we'd we'd train hard, we would rip in, we'd absolutely rip in. But at the end of the day, we got away from here and we lived our lives and we had a good life here on the beaches. Whereas down there, yeah. mate, it's intense. Like there's a lot of video. There was a lot of extra technical training sessions. It was long, long days, and they had a hell of a lot of staff. They had about twenty times the staff that we had here at Manly. <laughs> Uh, and the facilities were different. So it was a, a really different experience to know that a club that had similar success to we did here at Manly had been doing things so differently mm. to how we did mm. it at Manly. So. Well, after uh, the Melbourne Storm, you uh, finish up at the St. George Illawarra Dragons. How did that come about? Well, I was ready to, uh, I'd had my year at Melbourne and I was ready to pack up and come home. I was pretty much going to wrap it up then. I was, I was, you know, looking forward to retiring and taking up a role at the NRL and uh, Paul McGregor gave me a call and asked me to come down. I was like, nah, 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 I'm not keen. And, and he said, you know, just come down and have a yarn, blah, blah. So anyway, I come, come down there, met him and had a yarn to him. And I just liked what he was. He was a good bloke, Paul McGregor. He was a really good bloke. I liked what he wanted to do with the club and what they sort of needed 
at the time and what they wanted from me. And I, I just thought, you know, why not? I was a, I was a Dragons fan when I was a young fella. You know, I thought it'd be cool to get a Dragons jersey uh, before I retire <laughs> and, and and help out the help out the club to you know try and get back on their feet because they'd had a they had a few really rough years and they just wanted to make the eight. Who was your favourite Dragons player growing up then? Oh, Ricky Walford. Oh. Ricky Walford, yeah, without a doubt. He was from Walgut as well, so yeah. I'm, I'm from Walgut originally. And, and um, man, yeah. What a winger. A big Ricky Walford fan. Oh, yeah. hey, great goal kicker mm. too. Yeah, toe poker. Toe poker, yeah. yeah. The old days of the old toe poker. But yeah. some just a good finisher too, wasn't he? Phenomenal, boys. Ricky, you know, Ricky Walford was one of the best finishers in rugby league. Yeah. yeah. Blacklock yeah. as well, you know. Like, oh, yeah. You know, just, just could find a try line, yeah. you know. And celebrate. Oh, oh, I, loved yeah. I, love a, I love a bit of layer up. I yeah, love yeah. Yeah, well, look, uh, Georgie, what we're going to do, if it's all right with you, we might get you back another day and continue your great career. But I want to talk to you about some of the, you know, the great moments, some of the great characters you've met in rugby league. So unfortunately, we've run out of time today with this podcast. But if we put it to our listeners, Boxy, contact the Seagulls Club, give us a call at the club. If you want to hear more from the great George Rose. Yep. What do you reckon? Mate, they just got to comment, more gorgeous George. More gorgeous George. <laughs> I like that. Give us more gorgeous. Yeah, so uh, There's George. There's plenty to go around, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so look, uh, look, like I said, hopefully we can get you back. It depends on our listeners, but uh, George, congratulations on your great career. 127 games for the Sea Eagles, 10 tries. Give us your favourite try. Oh, first one, the, the Roosters try. What was that, 06? It's a belter. Yeah, stepped four blokes, ran 60. And looked like an back. outside back running through there. There's this freight train coming from the car park and then left foot, right foot, bang, under the post. And we were all sitting there going, what just happened? <laughs> what was that? Yes, big man. It was awesome. Well, that was one highlight. So, look, uh, hopefully our listeners contact us and say, get uh, the great, uh, gorgeous George Rose back. And uh, like I said, 12 seasons, Sydney Roosters, the Manly Seagulls, Melbourne Storm and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. One of the game's great guys, a true legend of the Seagulls Club. And uh, always a pleasure to have him here with us, Boxy. True gentleman. Always good to uh, chat to a good old boy and front rower and gorgeous. So thanks for joining us, mate. We appreciate it. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. This has been the Golden Eagles podcast, presented by Wormald and recorded in the studios of Manly Media partner ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Sea Eagles on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Sea Eagles podcast channel shows, head to seaeagles.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. 